Hey guys, how we doing? Welcome to uh, another two-man wall football show episode. I got Gio here with me. He's all the way up in Vancouver. I'm I'm here in Miami right now. Uh, Gio, how we doing? I'm doing good, man. Weather's nice here. I'm sure it's pretty pretty great in Miami as well. But um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know about great. I think I'm 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 already used to all the va- the Vancouver weather, and and now Miami, which I thought was great, is not not so great. Oh yeah, is it too? Is it hot? Cold? Muggy? It's too hot. It's too hot. Uh, yeah, us Canadian guys. Well, I mean, you're El Salvadorian, so you have no excuse. But <laughs> I can understand the heat. That's for sure. Gio, pleasure to be with you again. We'll we'll go Likewise. over some of the latest uh, latest topics and uh, around the European football world. Uh, we'll talk a bit about Danny Alves. Uh, we'll talk a bit about the transfer market. Renato Sanchez is a big topic right now, as well as obviously. Um, Sadio Mane, who just closed his signing for Bayern Munich. Um, but let's start talking about Barca first off. Well, let's start uh, with Gerard Pique, um, which is kind of in the in the same line as Dani Alves, right? Who was uh, is not going to renew his contract. But Pique was asked to have a secondary role by Xavi um, or be okay with maybe leaving the club. They can find a solution for him, right? So um, according to some reports, Pique suggested that he would make any of the new signings in the centre-back position um, his his sub right what do you think about pk is it justified to ask him to leave barcelona or or to be okay with having a secondary role right now yeah i mean i think it's it's obviously a tough situation whenever you know a, a player of that stature for how long he's been there and you know how he's regarded and his legacy within the fan base and within the city and the club you know it's uh it's very similar to you know any player that's kind of you know carlos puyol you know Giorgio Collini, these kind of like stallmarks or or hallmarks rather of uh, of clubs. It's always hard to to ask them to leave or kind of separate. Um, you know Totti and De Rossi. I remember that as well. Like they're just they're difficult, I guess, situations when it kind of gets to that point. But look, like Barcelona, there's a couple different things here. Barcelona financially, we all know, is a disaster. And reports were indicating that they do owe PK 34 million pounds um, over the duration of his contract. I was, I was hearing something different. I was, I was reading that it was more around the 80 million euros kind of amount that they owe him within like up pay, payable until 2024. But still, if he were to leave Barca, they would still have to pay him that money. It's true. Yeah, it's it's not like he's he's not owed it. Like whatever they do, I mean, unless they're able to maybe kind of um, balance that out with a sale um, of some kind, um, if they can get him transferred, they can maybe offset a little bit of those those expenses that they'll incur by by having well, to pay. Bottom, bottom line is, would you would you keep him as a starter for this season, or would you definitely make him a a sub or a, have a have him have a secondary role within the team? Well, I think I think the answer to that question comes to who who do you have in front of them, and are there like right now? It's and again, I mean, we know Barcelona is up. Like, we don't really know what they're going to do, what they can do until they do it, right? So at this point, you know, we we're expecting Christensen to come in, um, you know, and we have um, correct me if I'm wrong on this pronunciation, but Araujo, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so um, that's the thing. So listen, w- would you have would you have those two be the starters right now? Because at the moment, that's all Barcelona has closed. It's Araujo and um, and obviously Christensen, who's coming on a free. Yeah, I mean, at this point in time, you do I do have Eric that- Garcia too. By the way, sorry. 
Yeah, yeah, of course. And I also think, I mean, that's the thing too that's hard about the situation is we don't actually know what Barcelona is going to do. I think there's expectation that they'll go after Espilicueta. There's expectation that they're in the race for Jules Koundé. So it's, it's, it's honestly like, I, but you know what? All we can really speculate on is what we have in front of us right now. And with those three defenders right now, I think I would at least start with Pique and Araujo and have Christensen kind of make his way into the club. But again, like making that statement doesn't really have a lot of weight because we don't know what their situation holds. So my expectation by the start of the season and whether or not they can get their financials sorted, if they bring in of those guys that were mentioned, Espilicueta and or Kunde, Pique is definitely on the bench. Yeah, so that's what I, yeah. So if, if Kunde does come in, I think the partnership should be Jules Kunde next to Ronald Araujo, right? And then if anything, PK would be the fourth uh, center back and Christensen could be the third. Um, also, you also have Eric Garcia to consider in there. If Aspiliqueta comes in, he can also play as a center back or as a, a third a third center back on the right side, as he did with Chelsea. So there's a lot of different options. I do think that PK's past his best um, days. Um, and, and maybe it is time for him to kind of take a sit back and, and just be a support, kind of like Marcelo was with Real Madrid this season, you know? Um, and, yeah. and they're both legends and they can still have a very important role within the dressing room, but not so much on the pitch. Um, and it's, it's good that you mentioned Jules Kounde because that's actually what I was going to move over to. But before we go, um, a little bit into that, Danny Alves, uh, is not going to be renewed. Uh, we, we know that. Aspilicueta is probably coming, but he kind of might stay with Chelsea. So, how do you think? How do you think that kind of affects uh, Barcelona? Because now all they have on the right side is Serginho Dest, which is a big bet on the future, and Sergi Roberto, who just renewed his contract. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, I mean, Dani Alves is is always an amazing, amazing player, amazing career. Um, you know, everywhere he's been and. Um, obviously that name has a lot of weight to it, but at the end of the day, I think given his age, given kind of the direction of Barcelona at this point and, and a lot of young growing talents there, um, like you said, Sergio Dest and, uh, Sergio Roberto, I think right now can kind of hold that place down, um, and give them enough comfort there for the time being. And, um, I think Danny Alves is probably getting into the territory similar to guys like Luis Suarez, where it's. Or it's where, where are we going next? We're going to play probably a secondary role or they're going to go somewhere that's close to home. Like that hits, you know, maybe a, a boyhood club um, or something like that. It's kind of where his career seems to be heading at this, at his age. So I think, I think I'd be relatively comfortable with Barcelona, but I'd be that much more comfortable with this Bill Equate coming in to sort of yeah. fulfill a little bit more cover on the right side. But I so mean, they if, have, if yeah. that's if Aspilicueta comes in, because apparently now he's kind of um, on the fence about joining Barca instead of Chelsea. Tuchel supposedly wants him to renew his contract, and he's really trying to kind of put some pressure on the player to kind of renew his contract. Chelsea is supporting Tuchel 100 of the way. We're going to talk about that later on with the uh, the Lukaku fiasco. Um, but but yeah, so so not going into Chelsea yet. Um, if Aspilicueta comes, then maybe it's a good move. But I think. At the moment, it's a terrible move at Barcelona because you, you got to think of it this way. I think Dani Alves just wanted a contract at least until December. He just wants to make the World Cup squad, right? He just wants to be in Qatar in November with Brazil. So I think it would have been perfect for him to kind of still stay within the team, teach a little bit of what he can 
get get through to Serginho Des, who is going to be the right back in, of the future, I think, in, at Barcelona, um, or that's what it seems. He was a lot better towards the end of the season. Um, and Sergi Roberto, I think, is done at Barcelona. I don't know why they would renew his contract. I don't think there was a, any justifiable reason to do that right now, not because of what he's done on the pitch. doesn't really impact off the pitch. And there was some interest, apparently, um, even last summer. Uh, we, it's even been talked that Manchester City could be interested in him uh, in the past. So you could have gotten someone to, 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 to send that player to that club, right? I think, um, I think Barcelona got it wrong. I think Dani Alves was the right move. Give that legend the contract he wanted, a six-month contract. Let him get fit for the World Cup while he can still teach a little bit to, to Sergio Des and help him progress. But, you know, I, I, I get that point. But also, I mean, I think at the end of the day, too, like we're looking at a 40-year-old right back. Um, and, you know, like obviously he, his age hasn't shown in this. Yeah, but look at how he was performing. No, I know. And I, and I get that. But I think honestly that this move and I, I like, look, I could be totally wrong here because no one really knows what's going on with Barcelona um, right. until, until we know basically. Yeah. But I think, I think at the end of the day, this might be more of a move that shows that Barcelona may be a little bit more confident with their financial situation um, and that they might be able to still fulfill Espilicueta, maybe they go in a different direction. Maybe they even supplement the right side if Espilicueta decides to renew in Chelsea. So I, I have a feeling that this move is more or less them saying, listen, like Danny, thank you for, for your time here, but you know we're confident in getting out of this financial hold where we can upgrade certain parts of our roster without having to, to bring along a 40-year-old player who, look, he can, like you said, he's been performing well, but you know, you never know at this age, like especially in that position with that much demand in terms of you know the physical the physical side of that position, it's it it is a bit of a risk. But you know, he only wants a contract till December, like you said, so it's not like it would be a massive risk. But I can see maybe that this points towards them being a little bit more confident in some other business ventures um, once their their financial situation clarifies a bit more. Yeah, well, and a little bit of to, to what you spoke of right now, um, the financial situation has changed at Barcelona. The uh, financial levers, as they call it, have been um, applied in Spanish. It's palancas, right? So they are kind of selling a little bit of, of their um, image rights, right? Um, to, to be able to have some money now and maybe give it up in the future. But hopefully what they do now brings more money to the institution, right? So obviously now Barcelona can afford some signings. They can afford to lose maybe Frankie de Jong uh, and now go for players of the size of Bernardo Silva, of Lewandowski, of uh, Kunde, right? So let's talk about Kunde first since we've been talking about their defense. Um, he's reportedly torn between Chelsea and Barcelona. Where would you go if you were him? Which one suits him better? And... Do you believe that Barcelona is is that close to signing him? Because I personally don't, but I'll I'll, I'll leave it up to you now. Quite honestly, I, with Barcelona and, and their links, I honestly you can't really believe anything until you see it. I mean, all these different reporters are going to report with you know just for clickbait and you know trying to get attention with Barcelona because it is a pretty fascinating story that one of the biggest clubs ever is in such a bad financial situation and desperate situation so i don't believe anything with with um kunde being close to barcelona until there's like real active confirmations 
Um, when it comes to the best fit, I think it, I think honestly for Jules Kunde, I think that there's a really good opportunity there at Chelsea for him. Like I know we saw, we saw Rudiger leave. Um, we saw Christensen leave. Um, I know that, uh, that Chelsea has also been linked with names like Kulubali. Um, you know, perhaps a more experienced defender, um, for Tuchel, but if Kude becomes more of a priority over, say, an experienced defender like Kulubali or, or another profile like that, I think it's a great, great opportunity for him. I think any player going from, from, you know, from Spain to, to England, it's obviously a jump up, um, in his career in terms of, um, in terms of quality of league. And, um, I think also having Champions League football for him, obviously he'd get that with Barcelona as well. And well, Chelsea, but Chelsea, man, Chelsea, best team in the world, Gio. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to get to, to Chelsea and, and I'm sure you'll have that opinion, um, as we go along. But yeah, like, I, I just really think, I mean, I think it depends what Chelsea decides to do, right? Like, I mean, Kunde's still a young center back, um, still has, a, you know, some growing to do, but is such a, uh, a shining talent that could really excel, especially in Tuchel's system. Um, so we'll see. I think if Chelsea decide to go, listen, we want to get like a young stud or we want to have something more of a sure bet, like a Kulubali kind of player. But I think for Kunde, if he's, if he, if Chelsea and Barcelona are both like, you know what, we want you, you're going to be a big part of our club. I would choose Chelsea. Well, yeah. And listen, like Chelsea right now is at a point where like they just wanted to close that Lukaku deal first. And now they're going to go into the market and really really start pressuring some other clubs for signings, right? So, like, Kunt is going to be one of those. I'm sure Dembele could be one of those. I'm sure that they're going to be on in the market for more attacking, uh, like, powerful players, like Sterling, for example, which we're going to talk about later. But that defense, though, still needs a lot of work put into it, right, in the transfer market. So, Koulibaly, yes, has been linked with Chelsea. Um, I think it would obviously be a great move for any club that could sign him. Kunde is obviously... a, a and like you said, you either go for for uh, a young talent, right? But Kunde also has some some experience already, right? He's played yeah. he's played a European final with Sevilla. He's played in at the national team level, right? And he is uh, a player that is just going to continue to grow, right? So he just needs the right kind of nurturing from a from a coach, from a system, and from other players such as Thiago Silva, right? At Barcelona, who could he learn from within the squad? Maybe Pique if he stays, but Thiago Silva could definitely help him grow a lot one of the best defenders this this past decade um and i think i think that the right move is chelsea leaving my fandom for chelsea aside i think the right <laughs> move is chelsea um i could definitely see him there leading the line and he could play in a back four in a back three um and he could definitely be important no matter what and, and Thiago silva has one more year to go i don't think he's going to be renewed after that so chelsea is at a very th this this transfer window is key for chelsea's future i think for sure yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. So let's let's dive into the, I mean, I don't even want to mention this guy's name anymore, but let's dive into the Lukaku deal. Uh, finally Big closed, one. finally closed to uh, Inter, not official yet, but pretty much done deal for 8 million loan fee, 8 million after paying 115 million, I want to say, maybe. That's a Pepe um, Morata or uh, Morata masterclass. No. Yeah, and yeah, 100%. And that's why Inter is doing so well, to be honest, because he's getting deals like these that he used to get for Juventus before. But Inter getting him for 8 million after letting him go for 115 million, right? Uh, a, a year ago. 
and not just that, but they're only going to pay, apparently Inter is going to pay the full wages, which have now been decreased by 25%. He used to make 12 million. Now he's going to make 8 million. So Inter is spending 16 million euros in Lukaku's deal. How, how is that fair? How is that fair to Chelsea? Wow. Like, I don't know. I can't believe they were forced into this situation. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, look, I mean, whoever you ask, I think there's going to be, I mean, if you ask Chelsea fans, they're, you know, like yourself, they're going to be going at Lukaku and, and, and saying it's his fault, which, hey, you know what? He takes blame in, in poor performances. Like, you can't absolve him of that. And there's other sides that will say, well, maybe Tuchel kind of gave up on him a little too early and just didn't kind of structure structure the game plan, to, you know, to help Lukaku or to have Lukaku as, like, a main feature um, and allow him to kind of adjust back into to English football. but. Look, at the end of the day, um, it's a really, really bad situation for, for Chelsea and it sucks for them. You know what? I um, think it's just, uh, it was just not the right fit in the end. And you know what? I was actually seeing an interview um, done by Lukaku before he signed for Chelsea where he was saying, um, yeah, like the reason why I scored, he was asked on a, on a podcast, he was asked why, I, why he scored so much for Belgium, right? And different amount, different types of goals that he would score before. Um, for his clubs, right? And he said, yeah, at Belgium, I always play in a system that allows me to be like with my facing goal, right? Instead of having my back towards goal, turn towards goal. So I think he he is not an, a target man. A number nine is going to hold the ball and, and you know, maybe flick it around for the, for the wingers in behind him, right? He likes to get on those runs on the wing. He likes to get uh, in behind the defender. He likes facing goal. And that's how he performs better. And I think that it just showed. And then I saw another interview of Tuchel when Lukaku started to be linked to Chelsea and he said, yeah, he's a perfect target man. He's someone that can hold the ball up top. And Lukaku himself was saying he's not that type of player. And then obviously it was just them both being in denial because Lukaku just, I know Inter needed the money and that's why he left. And then Lukaku kind of coped with it and he said, yeah, I I think I I can be the right fit. I can do pretty much everything every type of number nine can do. So so he was just kind of being confident, right? And then Tuchel was the one that got it wrong, in my opinion. I think he saw Lukaku as something and Lukaku was not willing to do that. And then that's why Lukaku said that Tuchel changed the system on him. But he didn't change the system. He was just asking him to do stuff that he was not suited for, you know? I... I, I've got to disagree a little bit there. Oh, um, no, don't tell me that. <laughs> I I put a lot of, like, so like I said, you can take, like, there's different sides to this, right? There's the blame Lukaku, blame Tuchel, blame both, you know, blame whoever, whoever you want. I put a lot of this on Lukaku because, look, from the get-go, when he was at Inter, he, he, kind of, he pushed for the move to Chelsea. And that's fine. You want to go back to the Premier League and, and maybe have unfinished business from, from his time at Man U or, or, you know, playing the best league in the world. Like, whatever his incentive was to want to go to England, I, I get it. Or I, I understood it. I just don't get, like, how do you, you... You've pushed Inter to sell you and you get to Chelsea. Like, how are these, like, conversations and these... um like when you sit down and have these tactical conversations with the t- Tuchel and stuff, like, I'm sorry. And like, that's just ridiculous to be like, oh, they changed it on me. Look, I, I don't, I, I get like, if he wants to go on a podcast and say, I like to play like this and go have balls in from behind and play towards goal, whatever. Look, the way Lukaku was, is built, he should be a target man. He's a big, strong guy who should be able to hold up play. He can distribute the ball out wide. 
We've seen him do it at Inter. We've seen him score in an abundance of different ways at Inter. I just think he had a he had a rough spell at Chelsea. I don't know what it was. If maybe he just was in a well, fun you know game. what it is though. You know what it is. I think he made his spell a hundred times worse by going out in December mid-season, three months into the season, and saying what he said and saying he missed Inter and he was way better at Inter and he didn't really want to be at Chelsea and blaming Tuchel for changing the system. You can't do that with six months left on the season. Your teammates will not appreciate it. Your manager will not appreciate it. Your club owner will not appreciate it, you know? And, and I'm just saying, like, it's a miracle that now Chelsea are agreeing to sell him back or, like, loan him back because I think under Abramovich, maybe he would have been forced to stay. And now you have a, a worse situation in your hands, right? But I, I think he, he just, he broke the dressing room with that. He kind of div- divided them up into the ones that kind of backed him and the ones that backed the club and Tuchel, you know? And, and I just, I don't think that's, good for anybody in a, in a, in a season. And I, I do think it affected it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with that. And I think that, you know, yes, maybe he is a like, I know Conte would use him in a lot of vertical attacks. Like they would, he would, he would basically want to get Lukaku. He was great on the counter attack, you know, when he, when he did receive the ball and, and he was good on one on one on one situations, like you said, body towards goal and, um, you know, because of his upper body strength, it was really hard for defenders to, you know, keep up with him or, or, you know, defend against him. So I get that, you know, for him, he's like, yeah, that was my preferred style of play or preferred whatever. But you know what? Like, if you're going to make a, a hundred million dollar move, a hundred million dollar plus move to a team and that coach wants you to be a target man, like, I, I just don't buy the fact that these conversations about how he would be used tactically weren't done prior to the move and weren't done prior to the season. I just think he had a bad spell. He started missing Inter and, and whatever. And then he kind of acted a little bit like a baby and turned his teammates against him, turned the fans against him. And now he's crawling back to Inter and it just, it's, it's, it's a crappy situation, but I think a lot of it has to be put on him for how that turned out. Let's not give Lukaku another minute here, Gio. Um, <laughs> but let's let's move on. We're, we're going to keep talking, though, about uh, the transfer market and a little bit about the Serie A. Um, Renato Sanchez was pretty much done for AC Milan, and now it seems like PSG have kind of hijacked the move. Um, they apparently are offering a little bit more on the salary and one more year, it appears. And you got to say that Luis Campos, who's now the new sporting director at PSG, is the one that brought Renato so Sanchez good. to Lille. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's very important. That's a very important factor. Um, obviously, haven't confirmed the, the the manager yet, but it's set to be Christophe Gautier from Nice. Uh, and apparently, he would be very much into PSG paying the money to have uh, Renato Sanchez in there. So, if it's still up to his choice, where would you go? If I'm, I honestly. If I'm looking, if I'm looking at it, I think PSG is, is a good spot for him. Um, especially if you get the backing from, from the manager coming in. Like that's huge. Um, to kind yeah, of but he obviously has the backing from Stefano Pioli, right? Cause they've been talking true, for six true, months. Now. Also, and like you said too, there's also the Louis Campos connection as well. Um, and you know what? He's going to, everything that he's going to get by playing for PSG, he would get at AC Milan title, a shot at the title. He's going to get Champions League football. Um, he's going to get, you know, I would imagine a, a spot on the starting 11 on both sides. on both. Teams. Yeah, but I can't imagine him being as valuable for PSG as he would be for AC Milan. 
Yeah, I, I understand that. But I honestly, with, with Sanchez, more or less, like, I love the player. I think he's such an exciting talent. And, you know, he just, he, he plays the game with, with such a, an aggressive flair, which I like about him. Um, but you look at that injury history and I don't know, man, like I know the question was aimed towards what would I do if I was Renato Sanchez, but I think a lot of this might have to be, what am I going to do if I'm AC Milan or PSJ? Like, I, I don't know. I like the player and I think he really can't go wrong either way with those two clubs. But uh, honestly, like I, I don't really have much of an opinion. I really think it's it's kind of like a, a, a coin flip. Um, like you said, he might be more valuable at Milan, but... Um, I think he'll be more valuable at Milan. Um, I think that, obviously, PSG has four competitions to play for, right? But, uh, obviously, they'll be targeting the Champions League. Definitely be prioritizing that. Is he going to be a full starter with with Christopher Cautier at PSG though. Uh, obviously the team is packed, quality there's a lot. He's going to have to fight for a place with Verratti, with Wijnaldum, you know, with Danilo. So there are some pieces in there with Leandro Paredes if he stays, which it seems he's going to stay. Um I I don't see him being there 100% every game playing every minute, right? With AC Milan, he's going to very very much be that guy. He's going to be the guy that leads the midfield. He's going to step in instead of Kessia, which was very important this season for the uh for the championship for the uh, well for the title win with AC Milan. So I do think but but you know what it is with with Renato is that he exploded so young, right? When he he won the Euros at 18 with Portugal. And then yeah. he that moved to Bayern, he flopped. He was a flop at Bayern Munich. He was a flop. He ended up playing for Swansea, like a player of that caliber should not ever in his career play for Swansea City. Um, if, uh, you know, with all the due respect to Swansea, but I'm, I'm sure they, they agree with me. He should never be playing with Swansea, right? And then he finally goes off to a club, not a big club in, in France at the moment, and they managed to turn it around. They win the championship. He's very much a, a key player. So now he should be looking for something like that. And the only thing that I think might be on his head, on his mind, is what if I flop again? I don't know the Italian league. I know the French league. I know I can be good here, right? And then that confidence of playing at PSG, at the biggest club in France, in the, in the league on and doing well might be translated into the Champions League. And now I'm playing well in the Champions League. And now I'm a, I'm a big player and I'm going to make uh, the Portuguese national team every time right so that's a that's a big decision on him and i do think that that's why maybe he's more more close to uh choosing psg over ac milan yeah no i think those are great points and um and also like the injury history too like that's another thing that might be in his head in terms of confidence as well like i mean when you've been injured that often and um familiarity i think becomes kind of a um a really um, prioritize thing for him. Yeah, um, someone who doesn't want to change his, he wants to change his environment as little as possible, right? Well, yeah, and he wants to just, he wants to have stability. Like he hasn't been able, unfortunately for him, uh, to been, to have too much stability health wise. But you're right. I think, I think in Milan, especially now with Kessie gone, like you said, that midfield there, like I think he could pair up really nicely with Tonali and Benacer. Um, I don't think there's a lot of competition there. I think we know that. I think Bakayoko is probably going to join Valencia with, with Petuzo. Um, so you're right. I think that the fit, maybe from a tactical soccer footballing standpoint, Milan would probably be a better fit for his career. But 
yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't really know what his his priority is. Is it to like? Does he want to win a Champions League? Because let's face it, Milan's not going to win the Champions League. Um, like, I don't know. I don't know what his his idea is. He isn't either. In my opinion, at this, I don't know. Listen, like, I I think that's just the case. Then we'll have to wait and see. They Um, should have at least a crack at it. I mean, like, come on, like, I don't know how many more times they could under like go through a transfer window and load up on a FIFA squad and still lose. So, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think they could both benefit from having a guy like that. But I think AC Milan would need him more. Maybe he just wants to, doesn't want to change as much of his environment that, he's, that has worked for him uh, in the past couple seasons, right? Um, like however, so, someone that will have to change his environment is Di Maria, who is not um, going to move. He's not, he's not going to stay at PSG. He's moving on. And now he's between Juventus, which apparently had everything agreed with him. Seven million a year for one year, plus the option to extend, which is exactly what the player wanted. And then Barca kind of comes in the picture and now he's making them wait a little bit. Um, what do you think is going on there? Can Barca sign Angel Di Maria? Can they, and Kunde and Lewandowski and Bernardo Silva, you know, can they, can they have all this and then register Christensen and get Aspilicueta in, which I think they're living in a fairy tale. But can they, can they make it work with Di Maria? And do you think it's the better option for him? Oh, I, I really kind of despise what's going on at Barcelona. I mean, you know, we got, <laughs> I am so sick of these big clubs, man. Like, it's like, you know, all that's why like, you're a small club supporter like Roma. Oh, partially. Like, honestly, <laughs> these, these I love big, that you didn't deny it. No, I mean, there, I mean, let's face it. Roma will be big once the Friedkins continue to, to build the club. But, uh-huh. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's just these big clubs. Like, you know, it's funny, financial issues for, for, um, clubs like like Barcelona mean that they get to be linked to all these players whereas financial situations for smaller clubs mean sell all your best players yeah <laughs> it's it, it's just such a joke but nonetheless I'm digressing here um I think you know yeah I agree with you in the sense that I think Barcelona is wishful thinking that they're going to sign all those players I think there's a lot to be done there um to figure out their financials before they can even dream of getting all those players but um, I don't know. I think he would be, I, if I'm him, I think, I think honestly, if, if Barcelona can figure it out, that will probably be where I would expect him to end up. Um, I think it'd be a good fit for him, uh, playing for Xavi and, um, you know, continuing to play with, uh, um, with high caliber players and he'll get that at Juventus too. But I just think, especially with the legacy style of play and, um, and, and, and what he can, what he can expect at Barcelona, I think is a little bit more enticing if I'm Di Maria, but, um, we'll see too. And, and also I know Filip Kostic is also heavily linked to, to Juventus and supposedly is. Well, don't get ahead of yourself. We're not talking about Kostic yet. No, I know, but I mean, that, that also, you know, plays into the hands of what Juve will do with Di Maria. Like they're not going to wait forever for this guy. Um, yeah. they've, they've got other attacking options. Yeah. So, you, so I like that you said that maybe Barca was a bit more enticing. I 100% disagree. I really? think uh, <laughs> I built it up. <laughs> I was going to agree with you, but no. I think um, I think that Juventus is just a better option for him, part, uh, partially because of the fact that they're giving him exactly what he has asked for. It's a good salary. It's seven million a year. You're doing one year, and then you have the option to decide: Do I want to go to Argentina and finish my career with my boyhood club, or do I want to stay in Serie A again? And do another have another good season if he has a good season in his first year, right? Under Allegri, I think no one would take his spot. I would, I think he would be a hundred percent the starting guy 
on that lineup every single game or every single game that he's available. Um, and, and I think he would give Juventus a great, great jump in just the quality of the, of the final service going up to, to Blahovic, you know, and, and I think that he should be the one right behind him or right next to that, the Serbian striker. And, and, and I just think it's, it's, it's the right move. I think he should prioritize a move to Juve. But yeah, you mentioned Filip Kostic. He is. Um, in negotiations, apparently the, uh, the personal terms of the contract for a three-year contract have been agreed from Frankfurt, but we just have to wait for the clubs to 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 find the deal. And it's weird because Kostic was close to leaving last year uh, to West Ham to the Premier League, and then he stayed. Now he he won the the Europa League with Frankfurt, and and obviously um, they're now kind of letting him see if he can go somewhere else. Do you think it's a good fit with Juve for Kostic? For Kostic, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, I think Kostic, del- you know, delivers a lot of good qualities, um, on the wing there. You know, he's a fast player. He's crafty. Um, he can cut in. Um, he can do a lot, um, in transition play, like how Allegri likes to play. So, um, I think it's a good fit for him. I know he, he was linked to Lazio too, very, very close to Lazio at one point. Um, and they couldn't get it done. Um, you know, that's what happens when you're the second team in Rome. But, um, yeah, I- <laughs> <laughs> just getting that jab in there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think I also have a bit of a feeling um, that uh, that Di Maria might be kind of putting a bit of pressure on Barcelona with, with perhaps his interest to to, to Juve and getting close to, to agreeing there. I, I, I think that for him, his preference is Barcelona from what I've kind of read upon, um, whether or not we think that's a good, good fit or not um, compared to Juventus, but there's also been reports that Allegri was having second thoughts on on him as well. So, well, that's the that reason why he's making them wait. Because otherwise, if if he wasn't really seriously considering Barca, he would just have signed with Juve. And apparently, we're gonna get an answer within the next week. But um, I, I just I think he's gonna. I also may agree that he might pick Barcelona. I just think he's he's making the wrong choice. But stick to stick to Costage here, please, Gio. Try not to get. <laughs> segwayed into something else. Um, no, I think, uh, yeah, so I agree with you. I, I think that Kostic could be an alternative. I think he also plays on the left wing. He, the the, the yeah. thing with Kostic is he gives you a lot more options because you can play with three up top and have him on the left flank or you can play with five in the middle, a 3-5-2, 3-4-3, whatever you want it. And he can be that guy on the left, right, left wing back position. And he's very much... Um, fit enough to play in that role, and he's he's got very good service into the box. We saw it in the Europa League final, um, so yeah, I think that good. he can he can he can definitely help Juventus a lot. And to be honest, I think he could be a better signing that than, than Di Maria, just because of the fact that he's also younger, not looking to finish his career yet, and he's got a lot to give. Yeah, and and like I'm said, like I said, like I think he, um, although he doesn't tend to cut inside as much, he's more of a. You're right, he's more of like a, a vertical type player. He's really good at delivering those those balls in the box um, and provides a lot of width as well. Um, so, yeah, so I think he's... But I, he does have a lot of... Like, the thing I like about him, he's also a really crafty dribbler. So I think he can also just provide a lot of different alternative attacking options for, for Juventus when they get in the final third. Um, he can score, he can deliver. Um, and uh, I think he'll definitely be... I think he'll really actually be a good fit there with, uh, with Vlahovic. So... Um, is Vlahovic I think Juventus Serbian? should go for that one. Sorry, is Vlahovic Serbian? He's Serbian, yes. Yeah. So then, then there's another there's another thing there too. I mean, yeah. Oh no, 
which is uh is he serbian or is he Croatian? He's serbian too he's serbian too oh, yes serbian. okay well then there you go there's another option or another kind of cherry on top there is having that kind of you know connection from from the national team too so we'll see a hundred percent and now uh we got two more things to discuss Obviously, one of them is Roma related, so we'll leave it for last because we don't want to talk about that one. Um, too much. We'll go on. <laughs> we'll go with Sadio Mane, Gio. He just closed his move to Bayern officially. He was unveiled on Wednesday, Wednesday morning. And so it's reported that he's gone from 100K pounds a week to 250,000 pounds a week at Bayern Munich. So basically from a six to seven, almost 6.5 million euros to 15 at Bayern Munich, right? So it's a big money move for him. Um, and and how do you think it's he's going to do at Bayern? Apparently, as soon as he's heard, he heard that Bayern was interested, he he told his agent, just make it happen. Nothing else. Yeah, I think I think he'll do great at Bayern. Um, I know we talked about, about him a little bit in the past, and he's just such a versatile guy. Um, you know, especially with the uncertainty with Lewandowski. Um, well, let's face it, Lewandowski's probably on the way out if we probably have to get. I, I think he's 100% on the way out. And, and I was going to ask you, do you think Sadio Mane is a replacement of some kind to uh, Lewandowski? Um, I think, I don't know if he's a direct replacement, very different styles of play. I mean, Lewandowski's more of your classic poacher, um, kind so of number nine. Bayern should go back into the market for number nine. Yeah, I mean, I think the nice thing is, look, I think, Whatever Byron does, I think Sadio Mane gives them a fl- lot of tactical flexibility. Um, if they do decide to reinforce like the number nine position, um, that's great for them. I mean, they have, and then they can utilize Sadio Mane in more of his um, uh, or, um, original position, which would be more on the wing. But as we do know, Mane can kind of play <laughs> really anywhere along the front front three positions. Um, so I think it, the, the great thing about Mane is he adds tactical diverse, uh, versatility. Um, he's still in his prime, probably a little bit on the back end of his prime, but still, you know, um, was a massive contributor to to Liverpool. Um, I mean, I love the deal for him from a financial standpoint. Obviously, I think as, as a, any professional athlete, you've got when you have an opportunity to make that much money, you've got to do it. Like not to take it back to Roma, but you know when. When Stefan oh, Alcheradwi, here we go with Roma. Well, you know, Stefan Alcheradwi was playing with Roma, and he was making—I don't even know when he was making like three million euros, something like that. And then he went, you know, Shanghai came in and offered him like sixteen million a year. Yeah, um, so, uh, well, that, right. And and I know it's on a very different scale because going from Italy to China is not the same downgrade as going from you know the EPL to the Bundesliga. But yeah, but I, you're going to the Bundesliga giant, right? And, and and I think financially, not just financially for him, but for Bayern, it was a very good move. He he's gonna be he. They paid 32 million plus I think nine possible uh, potential million euros in terms of variables and 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 add-ons, right? So I think that it was a very very good deal. I personally think that he's gonna tear it up, no matter which position he's used in. But I do think that Bayern should go. For another number nine, I don't know who they're gonna go for. Lukaku is now off the out the market. You know, he's he's off the market. Lautaro probably off the market. Um, so I don't know. I don't know which number nine could go to Bayern right now. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Sadio Mane. Yeah, he's the. I think the only one knock that he might get is that he like he kind of left the biggest stage. 
Yeah. Um, to kind of go to, like, I mean, Bayern, like the German league is not really a competition at this point. Yeah, but if Bayern. you win the Champions League, then nobody cares. And now you become relevant. True, but I mean, I don't know if Bayern's really at the top of the list to win the Champions League. I mean, they're still a, a you know an elite squad in in Europe, but I don't I don't know I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't pencil them in as a favorite by any means. Um, but yeah, I mean, for him in terms of the financials and the fit, I think it's good, um, and it'll be interesting to see. I, I wonder what do you think? Of, I was thinking of this earlier. If they bring in Sadio Mane, and then if they you know targeted a guy like Nkunku. Um, to maybe kind of come in on that right side and have Sadio Mane play in the middle. Well, and Kunku is a, another one that um, I don't know if you remember. I I told you I hadn't heard too much of. Now there's yeah. a, a few links out there. Um, they're saying that they're saying that Arsenal, which I don't really why well, I find I find that just laughable. Um, is going to pay a hundred million pounds. Chelsea apparently interested. Whatever. Um, I I think that I don't know if he is the one I would want at Bayern. Um, but, but we'll see what happens with that one. In terms of money, I think that that's definitely a good move. Um, you need a number nine. I would have, and, and speaking of Borussia Dortmund just closed the signing of Sebastian Haller, right? So they're, they're yeah. getting it done. They lost Haaland. They're getting a, a, a killer in, you know, they're a guy player. that's going to put it away and help you, help you cut the, cut the distance short. Uh, between Dortmund and Bayern, right? And I think that Borussia Dortmund actually did pretty well. They've already closed a couple more signings too. Um, so they are on it and Bayern needs to get on it too. Um, Sorry, one last thing before we, we move on. Go one ahead. Last thing. Go on, go on. <laughs> um, I, you know, Skamaka was uh, very much linked with PSG, which honestly, I don't really get PSG going on getting a, a number nine i mean that or for that player's sake like i don't really see why you'd want to do that yeah. um i wonder if, Skam if skamaka were to move abroad which we know he's played abroad in, at psv after he left the roma youth academy and um came back to italy but i wonder if i think byron would be an interesting fit for a guy like skamaka he's only on the market at around 50 to 60 million euros it seems um yeah, but byron byron isn't the type of club that goes for that high of a of a amount of an amount for a player and especially if they haven't proven themselves at the high level um they weren't willing to pay 40 for money and and he's definitely worth it you know they weren't willing to pay 40 up front and and it was a tough negotiation and that's a 29 30 year old player that has done it at the highest level scored in champions league finals you know uh won the african cup of nations so he's he's proven himself i don't think that i i think that byron could do that move in a year after he's tore it up in with PSG and scored in the Champions League, maybe right, or 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 find a bigger club and, and go to Arsenal, and then it's a stepping stone towards Bayern, and maybe they give fifty million to sixty million for, for a player like that, right? But I yeah. don't see it happening right now, just because all he's done is Sassuolo, right? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I think it's it's probably a long shot, but out of all the number nines, that, I mean, there's a lot of names out there. That's the thing. There's not, but there's not too many names that are really. There for the taking right now. Like so. on the market, yeah, you're right. Like that are actively on the market. There's a huge pool, but you know, with a team like Bayern, I'm sure they can. If they find the right profile, they can entice that person, or that player, to come um, yeah. and play with them. So we'll see what they do. It'll be interesting if they add to that, or if they try to use Sadio Mane in different positions and kind of just work without a true number nine. We'll see. Yeah. Um, okay. So Gio, we are running out of time. Do you want to talk about Roma, or or should we just leave that one out? What do you think? Of course. <laughs> All right. So Gonzalo Guedes is a top target for AS Roma. 
Mourinho wants him. It's Portuguese too. Mourinho tends to go for the Portuguese players. Um, but what do you what do you think about that one? Do you think it's going to happen? Do you think it's it's something that Roma really needs right now? What does he add to the? What does he? What value does he add? What does he bring to the table? Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Gonzalo Gedesh. I think he's just such a. Um, I mean, I use the word a lot, but he really is dynamic. Like he's he's exciting. Yeah, I love the. I like his physicality. He's a fast player. Um, obviously, great to have that as a winger. Um, he really, I like the way he likes to. He's really good in one-on-one situations, which, um, which I also like. And one thing I do love about his game too is he's such a threat from from deep. Um, you know, he's got a he's a threat from outside the box, and I just think it would be such an exciting link up to watch him and Spinazzola terrorize teams down the left. You know, I could definitely see situations where I know Spinazzola likes to overlap um, and kind of deliver. He's a really good crosser, really good deliver in the box, allow Gedesh to sort of tuck inside um, and, and kind of utilize that long range ability that he does have. So in my opinion, I, I like Gedesh has been, he's been, um, you know, linked with us for basically this whole past year. Um, and now we're starting to see that he has actually agreed terms with Roma. Um, no financial. Sorry, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, and I think I, I think too with Gattuso going into Valencia, it's a little bit of a turnoff for such an attacking player, attacking minded player like Gedesh because Gattuso's yeah. not bad. Um, but I think he, yeah, I think he would be, I think he'd be a great fit, man. And and it, the latest reports that that I've read um, through through Roma Press um, is that. Um, is that they're looking to to do a deal of uh, including Carlos Perez plus twenty million euros? I think was a was yeah. a, a the latest offer, and Perez is very much um, keen on returning to Spain, and he's really keen on going to Valencia. So yeah, I do I think, think that's, a, that's a that's a win 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 for everybody here. Um, obviously, yeah, I agree with what you said about the player. Like he's very dynamic, very much a, an exciting kind of electric player. Um, on the field and and he can play on both wings too by the way which it's it's very valuable in in this day and age and in this in this type of uh football that that we like to see but um especially on a winger like that i think that it's the perfect opportunity for him to kind of kick start his career again or restart his career or kind of you know because at the end of the day like he had a great year with valencia maybe i want to say three years ago great year with valencia and then he kind of dropped his like his stats have gone down a little bit. Obviously, he still makes it into the national team because again, he's a very good player, very exciting. He can change a game with one play or two, right? But I do think that he needs a change of pace. He needs another, another, maybe another league, maybe another team, whatever it might be. Maybe the right coaching, right? Which he's not getting at Valencia. So I do think that it could be a great move for him personally. And if Carlos um, is Carlos Perez is looking to go back to Spain, make it happen. Just get him in there. And everybody wins, and I and I do think that he could be an interesting fit at at Roma. Yeah, no, I I hundred percent agree. And just one last thing to add to, um, the thing I do like about um Gedesh too. I don't know if it's is it Guedes or Gedesh. I don't know. It's Gedesh. Gedesh. Yeah. Gedesh. Okay. Um. Yeah. The one thing too, I think that this is uh, that this allows for Mourinho as well as tactical diversity. Um. I know that Mourinho kind of typically like Gedesh would be perfect in a four-two-three-one. Um, just behind kind of Tammy um, and playing alongside Pellegrini and Zaniolo. Um, but we do also know that uh, that Mourinho, I think, looks like 
looks like the targets that Romar going after, he's going to probably evolve into that three man defense a little bit more, um, yeah. whether three, five, two or three, four, two, one. Um, so I think, uh, and also another thing that's really important is if Gedesh were to arrive, this would, I can't, I'm really not excited for the amount of rumors around Zaniolo and that Juventus is going to offer us their scraps in a, in a, in a switch. For, and then Tuto Sports is going to say that Juventus is going to give us, you know, um, you know, uh, a Neapolitan pizza for Zaniolo. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, well see what I, happens. I'd say why not do it. I mean, no, obviously Zaniolo should be very valuable to the project. Um, I, I think he should, but obviously injury worries are, are big. He's very injury prone. He's had severe injuries too. It's not like oh, little back one back month out, three weeks out oh, injuries, right? It's six months at a time. So it's been brutal for him um i do think that uh going back to Geddes though he is a player that if i don't know if, if if you remember but when valencia was actually doing great simone sasa was there and he was flying and you know who played alongside him many many times was Geddes up top so they were doing a three five two and and so you could definitely do that too you know uh but yeah i mean Let's just let's just leave it at that. We'll see what happens with that one. Uh, and and yeah. everybody else, stay tuned. Thanks for following us today. Um, you can make sure that you guys follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at the Two Man Wall. That's a two number two. Um, and you can follow us there. And we're also on Instagram with the same name. And you can email us at the Two Man Wall <laughs> um, <laughs> at gmail.com. And thanks for thanks for following us, guys. And we'll we'll stay tuned for the next one. Yeah, thanks guys. And Ricky, have a margarita for me. Yeah, here I go. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Have a good one, G. I'll see you for the next one, man. You bet. Take care, buddy. Thanks, guys.